Hi again, everybody. It's me, J.R. Mann. Welcome to your Life's Word podcast. How are you? Hope you're well. Big show today, addiction. Yeah, we're going for it. We're talking about addiction, which automatically is going to make every one of you stop this damn podcast and go somewhere else. <laughs> but wait, but wait, stay with me. The full the full title of today's podcast is addiction. Take the guesswork away. Listen, listen, most of you are going to think right away, this, this podcast isn't going to apply to me, right? But then again, you're going to go, well, wait a minute. I, I think I might know somebody uh, who, who definitely is an addict. So maybe I'll stick around. Either way, JR, do you have to bum us out? Either way, JR, do you have to bring us like two weeks in a row of like face smashing like stuff? And I'm like, yeah, man, that's that's kind of what I do. So let's so let's let's get in there and uh, and have at it. Happy fall. I, I don't know if you're all enjoying fall uh, for my West Coast brothers and sisters. It's fall. And for my East Coast brothers and sisters, um, I am wearing long johns right now. And I have, um, they're called thermal johns, I think. And get this, they're like silky smooth on the outside with a fleece kind of thing on the inside. And I'm commando underneath those, baby. And I'm going to tell you right now, it feels good. It feels real good. Because there's a wind that's whipping through the uh, through the air that, uh I tell you, it chills you right to your... Right to the cockles of your heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, enough. Um, okay, so listen, I know there's a segment of you right away who doesn't want to hear about addiction. And maybe for those of you who are in sobriety, my brothers and sisters, and you know I'm one of you, um, and I've, I'm not uh, secretive about my struggle uh, with alcohol over the years. Yes, I struggled with alcohol. <laughs> I know right now some of you are pulling over. You've just hit the brakes on your car and went, what? No, not JR. <laughs> I think probably any of you, any of you who uh, have been around me long enough to, when I was drinking know that, uh, yeah, JR, he liked the booze a little too much. Um, so I'm with you. And, and, I'm, and I'm sober. So <laughs> let's just say, yay, collective clapping sound. I can hear, I can hear everybody. Even the manufacturers of booze are like... Thank God that guy. Thank God that guy is sober. Um, but I'm I'm talking about something that listen uh, it dramatically affects every single one of us. Every single one of us within the sound of this podcast voice and digital stream um, is affected in some way about addiction. Now I'm going to take a real light swing at it. Right. So we do 30 minutes on the big show, and I'm not going to overextend or bloviate. Uh, you know this this stuff because I'm the guy. Right. And I and you've heard me say this. I'm the guy that thinks you're aware of what's going on. I'm not the denial guy. I'm not that guy that thinks, uh, you know, denial is a thing necessarily. I think you're completely aware of what the hell you're doing. Uh, I think you're completely aware of what other people are doing. And I think uh, you've got a beat, a real good beat on um, on what's going on. And then how do I make that? How do, how do I make that? How do I come there, right? For some of you who are like, wait a minute, dude. Like there are people out there that like like go out and teach seminars in denial. So how can you be the guy that's standing out there saying that? Well, I mean, listen, the way I arrive at that not only is me working with the people that I work with as, as a spiritual director, uh, but you know, years and years uh, in well, whatever business you want to take, man. If you're in any business for any amount of time, you get to learn people, particularly if you're the boss. Uh, but the amount of years that I spent, not only. Uh, in my own addiction, but also in my own sobriety. So that's how I arrived to it. But here's the big one. Ready? I believe what you hide is usually what you're addicted to. So if I ask you right now, 
right? Hey, what are you hiding from people? Come on now. And this is a podcast that's going to need you to answer a few questions, just so you know. What are you hiding? What do you hide from the people? And when I'm talking about the people, I'm talking about the people that you care most about, or at least you care the most about what they think about you, right? The spouses, the kids, the moms, the dads, maybe even somebody close at work. But what are you hiding? What behavior or what kind of ideology or thing are you hiding right now? Now, it also could be something that you wear, right? It could be something that you do very out loud for the record. That also proves my point. Um, It could be that you are addicted to something that you just wear so loudly and justify so ringingly in people's ears. And it's your only recreative recreation, recreative recreation, for those of you paying attention. I know you're thinking about that right now. It's your only recreation that just kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's what that guy does. Oh, yeah, that's that guy's just into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like that guy, that one track mind, that guy right there. Yeah. Look, see how he does that. Oh, he does it really well. But at the end of the day, I'm talking about addiction. So I'm centering on the fact that I think I know, you know, you a little bit. That's where I'm going. Like, I'm not going to meet you and discover your addiction. And then you go, what, what, what you mean to tell me I'm addicted to something? (laughs) I believe for those like my fellow alcoholics, right? I believe there's a, there's a ringing endorsement in your own soul, mind, and body that says, hey, maybe you got a problem. And that happens. Uh, porn addicts. I've worked with enough porn addicts to know, like, you sneak away to look at porn. You're not watching porn in the middle of the baseball field, uh, like inviting people in to watch you watch porn. Right? There's no porn party going on, right? Hey, I'm going to be watching porn, and so come over at three and watch me watch porn, right? Eating disorders, right? Uh, Bulimia, anorexia. You're not running to the bathroom uh, telling everybody along the way what you're going to be doing in there, right? Um, Gambling, gambling. You're not draining your bank account without some type of justification and or hiding bank things or financial arrangements from somebody. Now, those are extreme cases. Listen, the three things that I just popped out there, very extreme. But again, my premise is, my premise is I don't, I don't, I don't think you're just standing in the middle of some kind of vacuous unknowing. I think you know what's going on. So I'm speaking to, I'm not, and again, I'm speaking to everybody. If you're currently addicted to something and you're listening to me right now, there is relief, there is freedom, there is hope. You can, you can achieve sobriety, number one. Because I know there's people out there that are, that, that, that are listening. And this isn't a public service, for the record. This is me just shooting straight so you can have life more abundantly because y- you deserve it. You really, really do. Your addiction is not who you are. All right, good. All that, all that preloaded stuff. Um, what is addiction? So, so like you know, let's go to the professionals because God forbid we don't have enough professionality. And when I say professionals, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something from the Psychiatric Association, the American Psychiatric Association, and, and I just want everybody to know real quick that the psych Psychiatric Association, the people in the psychiatry profession, counseling, therapy, psychiatry, their history into like understanding shit like we're talking about today is not that large. Just just so we know. 
Okay, so addiction has been been happening since the the birth of humans walking this planet. For the record. Okay, and so these definitions and boxes that we're about to kind of corral ourselves into or some kind of construct that we're working ourselves into is just framework to help you who are addicted or who are no people that are addicted. So I'm going to use the American Psychiatric Association. But I mean, if you're addicted, you get what I'm saying. Like, like when you're addicted to something, it consumes you, period, end of story. Like, that's easy for me. But listen, let's get into a construct real quick. The American Psychiatric Association says this. Addiction is a complex condition, a brain disease that is manifested by compulsive substance use despite harmful consequences. People with addiction in parentheses, severe substance use disorder, because that's what they call it, right? <laughs> that would come up with some shit. Severe substance use disorder. So do you have SSUD? <laughs> right? People with addiction or severe substance use disorder have an intense focus on using a certain substance or substances. <laughs> an intense focus, right? When I was drinking alcohol, I can tell you, it was it was a focus, all right, absolutely. Uh, such as alcohol or drugs to the point that it takes over their life, okay? Now, when we say takes over their life, I know there's a lot out, uh, out there. Like, because I, listen, I work with, and, and for those of you who are already clients, uh, or, or uh, just, you know, again, like I have, I work with a lot of people that are in different periods of understanding either their addiction or in sobriety. And <laughs> I mean, you know, for the record, uh, I, I'm not saying, you know, again, denial for me is like a, a, not a thing. Lying to yourself or bullshitting yourself is an absolute thing. Like bullshitting yourself, man, is an absolute, an absolute thing. Um, my story, I didn't hit the streets, I didn't lose my family, I didn't wreck a car. So yes, it took over my life, quote unquote. But I know there's some of you out there that are going to look at addiction like it's got to be like the bomb on the street type of a thing. And that's not it. Okay, I'll keep going. They keep using alcohol, alcohol or drugs even when they know it will cause them problems. So you hear that last sentence. This is from the Psychiatric Association. So they got a real good construct, same kind of construct as I do going into this. They keep using alcohol and drugs when they know, know, knowledge, consciousness, their understanding, it causes problems. Yet a number of effective treatments are available and people can recover from addiction and lead normal and productive lives. <laughs> a normal, productive life. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so I believe that. Right. But but I also put the caveat on top of on top of this. It's a spiritual problem at the end of the day. At the end of the day, addiction is a spiritual problem. That's all. That's all I got. That, that's it. And you're a spiritual director and you should believe that, Jay. You're so smart. Yes. One hundred percent. It That is through my experience. It is through the people that I work with. But it's also because I have seen and witnessed firsthand and experienced firsthand the power of love. When you open up yourselves and you are able to, to allow and let go of what's kicking your ass in addiction land, the, I'm telling you, the world is your oyster, man. It's like you can do anything. Freedom is yours. And that's in that I'm talking spiritually. When you allow the divine to, to be strength and love and hope and support and safety and security and not people, places, and things, or booze, or drugs, or substance, you're going to be batting a thousand. Listen, 
You're going to have to face yourself. You're going to have to look in the mirror. That's a big pain in the ass, right? That's the hard work of it all. But I'm just telling you, this is a spiritual problem because human beings are locked down. Our, our, our beat, right? Our, our like, our like drum beat, our foundation, the thing that we stand on is we want love, man. We want love. And for most of us, we think we can find that people, places, and things, right? Happiness and peace. We're not finding it in happiness and peace. We're finding it in the divine. So for me, this is a spiritual problem. And when I say spiritual, I mean spiritual. Now, full disclosure, like I said before, I was addicted to alcohol for a number of years, right? And again, we can make jokes about that all day long. I'm sober now, but those who knew me, you know, you got it. I'm an alcoholic. That's how that goes. At that point, you go, hi, JR. Okay, good. I didn't lose my driver's license, like I said, or my family. I didn't wind up on the streets, right? I had what they call a high bottom. Right. So when when you start talking about this and you start getting the language down of addiction and recovery, they talk about, you know, when you get sober, you've hit your bottom. Right. I've hit my bottom. I can't can't I can't go any lower. Right. So I had kind of a high bottom, but I wrecked myself. I ran for years and years and years and years and years into the into the bottle because I felt like shit about myself. I thought I was a piece of garbage. I grew up in a family that didn't help. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> didn't help that type of thinking, right? Not that it's my dad's fault. Not that it's my mom's fault. Not that it's my brother's fault. Not that it's necessarily environment and condition, although it definitely has something to do with that sometimes. I'm with you. I got you, right? But bottom line was all the pain that I incurred as a kid, right? I mean, man, I was ripe for the alcoholic picking, And booze, the first time I used it, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is the ticket. This is what makes me feel good. This is what makes me, me. And I really believed it. And alcohol is a subtle foe. So alcohol allowed, you know, it was like more than happy to help produce that effect in me. And off I ran. The problem is it caused problems, (laughs) right? The problem is, is it didn't solve the pains, or the reality of my life, or the stresses of my life. In fact, it added to it. How do folks start? So now we're going to go to the National Institute of Drug Abuse. National Institute on Drug Abuse. They say there's, there's a few ways people get going, right? They, 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 number one, they do it to feel good. A feeling of pleasure. Get stoned. Get high. They do it to feel better. Relieve stress, right? They do it to, to be better. Right. Some people are like, hey, man, if I get if I get fucked up on on dope or anything like it's going to make me write better. It's going to make me better poet, a better artist, a better singer, songwriter, rock star, a better banker. (laughs) You ever heard that before? Yeah, man, I smoke pot to be a better banker. (laughs) Curiosity. The last one. The National Institute of Drug Abuse says that last one is curiosity or peer pressure. Right. I'm curious what the dope does to me. I'm curious what the booze will do to me. I'm curious what winning a thousand bucks at the crap table will be like. Peer pressure. Right. Uh, you don't smoke the pot. You're not cool. And you all know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, these are common sense stuff to feel good, to be better, to do better. Curiosity, peer pressure. The symptoms then that roll out of addiction. And again, we have to understand this as a timeline, not just simply as there's one picture of an addicted person. And when I reach that picture, then I'll get help. This, this runs the gamut. This runs the gamut. I know people that are are recovering from drugs and alcohol that didn't use very long. They used a few years, 
but but those few years, man, they they did a damn good job to make sure that they wrecked their life in some way. So again, we're measuring things here, right? We're measuring, we're taking in the reality of who you are and what you're doing and what you're hiding and where you're at and how you feel about yourself. So there's these addiction symptoms and they fall into, again, four categories because we like structure, <laughs> we like construct. So here, so here it is. So symptoms and addiction, impaired control, right? They say a craving or strong urge to use the substance, a desire or failed attempts to cut down or control substance use? Are any of you trying to cut back or control it? Do any of you have a huge, massive craving, strong urge to go and do, use, whatever? Social problems. Substance use causes failure to complete major tasks, right? Are you failing school? Are you, are you, are you, jacking, up, are you jacking up your work life? Are you jacking up your personal life? Are your leisure activities, have you cut back on your hobbies, your leisure activities, the things you like to do? Are you a sailor and you haven't sailed in years because, well, frankly, opening up the bottle of wine on the weekend is much better than popping the boat in the water? Are you taking the boat out and getting ripped? (laughs) Risky use, the third one in that thing. Substance is used in risky settings. Continued use despite known problems, right? So, like, you're in the drugs and you're, like, going to some effed up places to buy your drugs, right? You're into porn and now you're going into some really jacked up situations um, and you're having anonymous sex, right? That's a problem. You are gambling and now you're borrowing money from people that'll kill you, right? And the drug effects, Right In the fourth column there is drug effects, tolerance, the need for larger amounts to get the same effect. Withdrawal symptoms. For you drunks out there, right? When you come off a of booze, man, you're like jittery like crazy. like Right? Same thing with heroin. Right? It could even be, it could, it, listen, it could even get crazy as shopping online shopping. I know people who are addicted to online shopping and they don't online shop and they freak out. There's withdrawal symptoms there. Now, for the record, I'm going to run through some things you can be addicted to, but this list goes on from here. Booze, drugs, porn, sex, people, buying, gambling, places, things, ideology, religion, self-help, food. Ready? I'll do it again. When you hear yours, just raise your hand. (laughs) Booze, drugs, porn, sex. Porn and sex, different addictions in there. They can be wrapped in, kind of tied together, but they're definitely different. People, buying, gambling, places. Buying, gambling, places. You can be addicted to places. Yeah, you're like, what? What are you talking about? Things. You can be addicted to things. I know guys that collect cars in the hundreds, right? This is an addiction at the end of the day. Oh, but it's my hobby. It may be, but your life is vacuous other than your cars. Ideology. Ideology. People can be wrapped up into their own crazy ideologies or other people's. Religion. I mean, holy shit. The amount of abuse that I watch happening in religious circles right now because people are just absolutely addicted to this certainty and this idea that, uh, you know, they are right and everybody else is wrong. I mean, it's just uh, it's just not a it's not a good thing. Self-help. You can be addicted to self-help. You can, you can, you can be addicted to food. No doubt there. Okay, so the guesswork. So when I'm talking about the guesswork, what am I talking about? I'm talking about taking the guesswork out of your addiction. And so this is what I'm saying. 
the am I or aren't I thing, right? Because in your head, in your head, and those of you who are addicts out there and those of you who are active in your addiction right now, I guarantee you there's a sentence that happens deep inside of you or even on the surface that you don't let anybody necessarily hear that says, am I or, or aren't I addicted? Am I or, or aren't I addicted? And for the record, people that don't struggle with addiction don't have that sentence. So if right away you're asking yourself that question, as you crave alcohol or feel like you need the booze or the drugs or I need to buy something online or I need to see that guy again or else I'm going to freak the fuck out, like whatever that like that stuff right there, you need to be cognizant that as you ask that question of yourself, most likely chances are you got it. And that's a period end of sentence. Like there, there's no like us, me and you going to have some kind of long baited conversation about whether or not that is. Like, at that point, man, if you're like, am I or aren't I, chances are you are. Chances are you are. We can argue about it all day long, but that's the truth. It's, it's not about you denying it necessarily. It's about you ignoring what is your life. Ignoring what's your life. And so, like, I'm looking at you right now, and I'm like, hey, you probably got a good idea at what you're doing and when you're doing it. And you just simply ignoring not only what you're doing, but why it is you're doing it is just kicking your ass. And so that's taking the guesswork out. That's you coming to a good, huge breath of consciousness that says, oh my God, I need to get some help. Because chances are, if you're in that am I or aren't I conversation with yourself, you've already thought about how to get help. And you've probably already thought about why can't I quit? Because if you're saying, why can't I quit? Or if you're limiting what you are doing, like I'll only use Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll only use on Monday. I'll only use on Friday. I'll only do porn once a week. I'll only watch porn for half hour. I'll only gamble on Fridays. I will only buy from Amazon on Saturdays. Like if you're in that limiting thing, like, man, that's you already trying and asking for help. And it's that substance is usually kicking your ass at that point. The other thing that's going on inside of that conversation, am I or am I, the guesswork of addiction, is your family and friends know it. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but at that point, your family and friends probably know you got a problem. And for you family and friends out there, how many times have you looked at them, right, as I separate you down the middle, and gone, or drive home from the party, or come home from the late night, or fall asleep next to them, and go, wow, Jimmy really probably needs to stop drinking. Susie probably needs to stop buying so much shit online. Right? So your family and friends are in you. So part of this guesswork, you're taking away the guesswork, is understanding that people probably have at this point said something to you. (laughs) Right? My wife used to, uh, way back in my Minneapolis days, shout out to all my Minneapolis friends. Uh, you know, my wife used to like preload the night by going, Hey, maybe, you know, you just take it easy tonight drinking. (laughs) Translation, right? Translation. Could you not F up the night by drinking so much alcohol? So that's in there. Getting help. All right, so getting help, because this is, at the end of the day, what we want to do, and plus we're running out of time. Getting help. Getting help is, is actually pretty simple, man. It's pretty simple. You need to say something. You need to talk. 
And if you know, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you know that my number one rule in spiritual transformation, anything is talking is to be able to sit down with somebody again, not a stranger, but somebody that's already invested in your life, not a cheerleader. Nope. Nope. Somebody that holds some accountability with you on you, over you, in you, right? Somebody that you can deeply trust, intimately walk with and let it go in form of words. Boy, I think I might have a problem with alcohol. I think I have a problem with booze. I think I got a drug issue. I think I'm watching porn too much. I'm watching porn too much. I, I gamble too much. I got this food thing going on. I can't, I can't control the weight issue right now because I just, I'm, over, I'm addicted to food. Right? And again, this isn't a stranger. <laughs> this isn't somebody on the subway you're sitting next to. <laughs> no. We're talking about somebody intimately connected. But remember, intimately connected doesn't mean cheerleader. Because I know you all got cheerleaders out there. And you go, I drink too much. And they'd be like, oh, it's okay. (laughs) We're not looking for a cheerleader. We're looking for somebody who probably knows what's going on. You may need treatment for the record. Some addictions need medical professionals. Some addictions need people around you to govern how you come off of a substance. So don't fool yourself, all right? That think, yeah, I can just stop taking those pills. I've been taking those pills for five years, and I think I'll just stop tomorrow. That's not a thing, okay? Because stop taking those pills could actually kill you, right? Some people in the late stages of alcoholism, actually, if they just stopped drinking, they could kill themselves. So, you know, again, like the, there's variance here. So if you're coming off of an addiction, particularly to a substance, a physical substance, whether it's drugs or alcohol, something like that, heroin, Uh, cocaine, anything like that, you need to check in with somebody to make sure that your, your body doesn't go AWOL. All right. So you may need treatment. You may need treatment. Treatment's a real thing. Treatment just isn't sitting around holding hands, singing Kumbaya and having your mom and dad come in on Saturday. That's not it. It's also about physically coming off of a substance. And now for those of you who are addicted to people, like, yeah, man, I mean, it, it may be that kind of a deal, too, that you physically crave, you know, being with whoever it is. I know you codependents out there. I get it. I get it. I'm a fellow codependent myself. Coming off my codependency was like, I mean, it was one of the hardest damn things ever. But I, I obviously, I needed to say something, right? I need to say something. You may need 12 steps. You may need AA, NA, OA. You may need GA. You may need some type of A. And if that's a fact, like, let me tell you, uh, 12 Steps have been around since 1935. It's worldwide that you can substitute one meeting for the other. I know you fundamentalists out there are like, oh, don't bring in the gamblers to the AA meeting. We don't understand them, whatever. Uh, It's tiring. Fundamentalism, tiring. You highly dogmatic people are tiring for the record. But anyways, there's 12 Steps meetings around the corner from wherever you live, wherever you live. You know, you can get them online, too. You can actually listen to them online. So that's a thing too. So don't don't be afraid uh, uh, of doing that as well. The um, so tw- twelve steps might 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 be in your future. You may need a good church group or a faith based group. Uh, the Christians have Celebrate Recovery, right? And they're a very strong organization. Um, you know, from church to church. <laughs> if your church doesn't have Celebrate Recovery, and you go ask pastor, hey, do we have Celebrate Recovery? Start one. And if you don't know what it is, look up CelebrateRecovery.com. Um, at the end of the day, you must have a full stop on your behavior. So if you're right now dealing with, with an addiction and I hear you, I hear you out there. 
I want you to do a full stop on your behavior. But full stop on your behavior, and again, normally you would hear me talk in terms of salvationism behavior modification, and that is absolutely true. Caught in an addiction, though, we need full stop because if you're jacking up your life, you're jacking up other people's lives, and you're taking other people with you. But remember, a full stop on your behavior needs you're telling people what's going on, right? And taking very clear caution with medical professionals if you are ingesting substances. You need to allow honesty or confession to hold mercy. Bible very clearly says confession holds mercy. And so mercy is that quality, right, of love, the essence of grace and love, even forgiveness thrown in there. So when you're honest about your addiction, like particularly those people who are in your circle, intimately connected with you, even I'm telling you, man, I've seen egregious things happen with addicts in their families, and I've seen them sewed back together again as a result of just that, hey, I need help. So your initial admission may break people's hearts. That's a thing. That's a thing. Your initial admission of your addiction may break people's hearts. No getting around that. I'm sorry, to t- I'm sorry to tell you that, but it may break people's hearts. Right? Because we're dealing with not only yourself, but the people around you. And most addicts, for the record, become so self-consumed that they don't see other people and how they're hurting people. And that's just the thing about addiction. But yeah, man, your initial admission may break people's hearts. In my world, in my work, that has forgiveness, mercy, and love to it too but it needs a a shit ton of conversation to it. Your initial sobriety may mean you have to change people, places, and things, quite frankly. So your initial sobriety means you may not go to the bowling alley anymore uh, on Fridays and drink like with the people like you normally would. (laughs) Or see Tim, your friend, who always has a bag of reefer on him. Or, uh, you know, I don't know, that bar you have in your basement (laughs) may need to close. So you may need to change people, places, and things. In fact, I would say if you roll into sobriety, you are going to change people, places, and things. Your initial sobriety may mean you'll be miserable, feel physically horrible, break down mentally, and cry out spiritually. (laughs) How about that shit right there? JR, what are you talking about? Your initial sobriety may mean you'll be miserable in the interim, right? Right away. You may feel physically horrible, you break down mentally, and you cry out spiritually. That's what it may mean. That's what it may mean. But again, a guy like me sees the work, right? And the work leads to freedom and hope. Ultimately, to stay sober, you will need divine. You will need the divine. You will need God. You'll need people. You'll need the divine and his community. And at that point, it's up to you. A relationship with the divine is yours. A relationship with the divine isn't your churches, okay? It isn't the ideology, it's not even certain beliefs. This is an experience. So you're looking for an experience with the divine. You are looking to let go of what has captured and, and, and held you to the ground and to the fire. And you're willing to let that go into God, into the divine. And at that point you want to call him Charlie, you can. Right? Whatever picture of the divine you have that you need to let go into... And roll into a bigger concept of freedom. You need God and you need his community. You need God and his community. God and his community. You can't be sober alone. You can't do it. You need people who are of like-minded in sobriety. You need people who are like-minded 
as they search in, for the divine themselves, as they find love in the, in the assemblance of commonality, the assemblance of commonality, the idea that we're going to stay sober together, right? And ultimately that leads to you helping others. So, you know, you, you find God, you find God in, in community, you start touching yourself, and then boom, you start touching other people. Ultimately, you don't do that, you're screwed. <laughs> I hate to tell you. Now, what if you know people who are addicted? And then we're going to get out of here. What if you know people who are addicted? Jared, this is all great, fine and well, but you're talking about my friend Eric. You're talking about my friend Amy. What do I do? You need to say something. You need, to, you need to say something. We are responsible for one another, everybody, at the end of the day. I'm just telling you, man, we've, we've lost the ability to lean in. We've lost the ability. Somewhere along the way, we've just said, hey, look, if they're not taking care of themselves, fuck them, we're going to move on. We need to lean in. You need to say something. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on people. I'm not saying be a doormat. And you know, if you listen to me long enough, you'll know that you'll hear me say this. You're not a doormat. And anybody with addiction who rolls over you, you may take a break from them, period, end of story. If your son or daughter is kicking your ass right now in their own addiction, you may take a break from them. That's how that goes. That's healthy for you. It's actually healthy for them. But you don't give up. You don't give up. And the way you don't give up, like if you can't communicate with them at all because it just gets squirrely and crazy and goes down a crazy pipe real quick and of insanity, is you pray for them. You meditate. You pray. You, you talk to your friends about how sorrowful and jacked up it is to have somebody who's addicted in your life. But you don't give up. You don't give up. You lean in. And when it's time... And when they hit their bottom, and when they breathe in that consciousness of, I I need to change my life, right? Then you're there. You're there. And you're there, and hopefully you're in a, a point of forgiveness and mercy and grace in your own walk, where you can give them a hand in whatever way is needed. All right. JR uh, at JRMan.com, JR at JRMan.com if you want to write me. If you are currently struggling with an addiction and you want to talk about it, you may call my phone. You may, you may call my phone and I will absolutely pick up and we can absolutely talk about it and make some kind of arrangements to help you forward progress into sobriety. If you are dealing with somebody who's addicted and you just need to offload sorrow and offload the sadness and offload the anger, and offload all that stuff. I'm right. I'm right here too. I play both sides of the fence, <laughs> but I'm with you. I am absolutely with you. And if you are sober and you are, you know, batting it out of the park every day and not wanting to use, and God bless you. And I'm praying for you. And if you want to work with me as well, and have you know more practical steps to take in and to really. Um, you know, you know, protect yourself and, and gird yourself, uh, you know, from the insanity of addiction, you can, you can write me and call me too. Listen, bottom line is I love you. I know this opens a can of worms for everybody. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that we need to do. Don't forget though, at the end of the day, don't forget at the end of the day, love yourselves. Love yourself. If you're sitting underneath an addictive canopy right now, love yourself by saying something, will you please? 
Will you please? Because I honestly got it brings a tear. It brings tears to my freaking face knowing that there's people out there just running and hiding, hiding when we can take care of this stuff. I love you guys, and we will talk, speak next week.